you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Let me just quickly rewind all the things that we have learned so far in this season. We began by learning how God is for us. That was the first thing that we learned. The next thing that we learned was the gift of Jesus. How God gave us Jesus and and Jesus is the greatest, the best example that we've got. All these sermons, all these teachings are available online. If you've missed any of it, go back and listen to them. The third thing that we learned is the mighty weapons that God has given us. It says, he who did not spare his own son, how will he not also give us all the other things that are required for you to be victorious? So we studied how we can have access to God's mighty weapons. The week after that, we studied how to keep the devil disarmed. Our condemnation, the self-condemning attitude that we have. And when we receive condemnation from others in our life, that is a reason, that is a place, that is the weapon that the devil uses to, to harm us. And if we can take condemnation out, then we can keep the devil disarmed. Amen. Then after that, we studied this on the Good Friday, how we have victory in the death of Jesus. Death is not a very pleasant term, but we have victory because Jesus died. We are alive because he died for us. Amen. But it doesn't finish with him dying for us. The Bible says he died and then he rose again. So we we studied how we have access to the grace, to the presence of the Holy Spirit through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not only did he rise again, but now he, it says, now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. That for me should be my favorite sermon from this entire series because I know when I was preaching that sermon over here, it was a recording. But when I was preaching that sermon over here, I could feel that there was somebody standing next to me. And I, I couldn't even sit and preach that word. That word was very special. I pray that you would go back and meditate on it even if you've heard it, okay? The week after that, we studied how Jesus is the perfect intercessor, the best prayer partner that we can ever, ever have. And then we learned about the perfect bridge, the love of God, which is the perfect bridge between God and man. And we, we, we learned that phrase, who shall separate us from the love of God? We're going to come back to that word today. And then we learned how God has called us to be innocent and yet wise. You remember that? Sheep to be slaughtered. We are sent as sheep to be slaughtered. Sheep among wolves. Not wolves among sheep. That's what some Christians look like. But that's not how God ordained or planned for us to be. God ordained for us to be sheep among wolves innocent and yet wise the week after that we learned on our identity it was last week last week i am so i will i am more than a conqueror so i will walk in the victory that god is giving us and we we went through all the promises that god gave us in the book of revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 are we ready for the last two verses yes do you know the next series is going to be very important? You cannot miss the next series. We are starting a series on the names of God like we, we shared last week. Uh, we are starting. Uh, we, we don't know how long that will also be, but it's going to be almost like a continuation of this series because the more we understand the name of God, the more we understand His personality. The more we understand His personality, the more we will be able to walk in the victory that is available for us in His personality, in His revelation. Amen? Let's go to the last two verses. Uh, this uh, verse, verse 38, uh, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, and I'm convinced. Everybody say convinced. He says, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. He's, he's uh, talking about what he's sure of. 
what is assured of and here is a man who has had an encounter with god who has gone to heavens who has experienced god in very close quarters see anybody who has had an encounter with god usually would come back completely wrecked usually would come back very uh, very changed and when Isaiah had an encounter with God and we sang that song the train of, train of his rope fills the temple when Isaiah had that encounter he said woe to me for I am a man of unclean lips for I live among wicked people he was disappointed he said no I, I, I cannot have this encounter with God and be in the same state anymore now after Paul's encounter with God when Paul is writing the book of Romans he says I am convinced because of my revelation of God that nothing can ever separate us from God's love that is my revelation from my encounter with God he was convinced I pray that today some of us will be convinced about God's love for us because God's love for us listen to me very carefully God's love for us is the foundation on which we can build our victory God's love for us it's not our works it is not our willpower it is not our ability it is not our our strength what we can do to resist temptations it's none of those it is the presence of God it is the love of God for us on which we can stand and we can build our victory amen let's read the next line it says neither death everybody say neither death let me let's stop there for a minute he is now quoting things that are that have the potential to threaten our security see when is it that we we begin to doubt somebody's love when that person does something which has a consequence in us in our lives let's say that i trust sijo but sijo did something that is going to cause me to die i'm going to question hey do you really love me if you love me you would not do that Thing, you would not push me in front of a bus you know you would do everything possible to say I mean I'm precision will not push me in front of a bus but 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 you know if let's say that he did something that is going to push me in front of a bus that's that looks like I'm gonna die because of his action then automatically I'm gonna look at him and say do you really love me right but here is Paul saying that hey even if God puts me in front of death because that's what Jesus said I'm sending you as sheep among wolves what do the sheep and the wolves do have a party together no the wolves eat the sheep the wolves have their food their meal on the sheep that's what we read the previous weekend right we are led as sheep to be slaughtered and here is Paul saying no no I'm not even if he hands me over to death I still believe that it cannot separate me from God's love. Do we do we have that kind of audacity? That do we have that kind of conviction that Paul had in God's love for him? He's saying neither death, neither death. Nothing that 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 can put the fear of death and you know my life finishing off and my dreams not being achieved that I will still believe that he his his love for me is going to be steady his love for me is going to be still there amen it says neither death next line nor life neither death nor life so see in life we will be awarded so many pleasures we will be awarded so many good things so many blessings that can look like it can come in the way of our love for God and God's love for us and the Bible says Paul says neither death nor life nothing I am not going to allow anything that I receive in life to come in the way of God's love for me and my love for him I know and I know and I know and I know that God's love for me is greater than all the pleasures of life. I'm not, I am convinced that life cannot separate me from God's love for me. 
the next line it says neither angels angels are powerful creatures right angels are able to you know shift uh, things and angels have powers and angels can mesmerize us angels can do things for us that humans cannot do and the bible says and paul says i will not even allow angels in fact at one point paul told the church at galatia he said hey even if angels come and preach to you a different gospel don't believe that he says no no i'm not even going to keep angels above god's love for me my foundation is going to be on god's love you know as we progress in our walk with god as we have access to different portals in the spirit realm and as we get familiar to the things of the spirit you know when we see angels and we when we see the supernatural world naturally we tend to get so mesmerized by that that we think that it's because of those things that we have victory no paul says no neither death nor life nor angels and this pentecostals need to hear nor nor come on say loud loud nor nor demons some of you watching me online you have to believe that the demons that are fighting your family cannot separate you from god's love the demons that are trying to hurt you cannot separate you from god's love see sometimes god will allow demons to come and torture you can i give you two examples you guys feel like uh, your theology is messed up when i say god will allow demons to torture you i'll give you two examples first job who tortured him god or demons demons but who allowed the demons to come god allowed god removed the hedge of protection around job so that demons can come and torture him pastor that is in the old testament there was no jesus paul in the new testament The Bible says he had a messenger of Satan in his flesh a messenger of Satan or a thorn in his flesh and it was a messenger of Satan and the Bible says he prayed 3 times to God saying God will you please remove this thorn out will you please not let this messenger of Satan to torment me anymore he prayed 3 times but God said no I will let him be there and that is the man that is the revelation that this guy has and he says yes i have demons that are fighting me but i know that these demons cannot separate me from god's love my victory is not in the absence of demonic principalities my victory is not in the absence of death my victory is not in the absence of problems my victory is in the presence of god's love in my life Let me repeat that once again. My victory is not in the absence or the presence of angels. My victory is not in the absence or the presence of death. My victory is not in the absence or the presence of problems in my life. My victory is in the fact that I stand on God's love for my life. Amen. He goes on to say, he says, neither have a fears for today. How many of you are afraid about today? and i say today it means our present day what we are going through what we are experiencing what we have been seeing in this season nor our neither our fears for today all of us have fears right all of us have challenges and paul says we cannot let our fears for today get in the way of god's love for us we cannot let those fears that we have to convince us that god doesn't love us You know the story of those seeds that are sown in the in in the field right there were different kinds of seeds one was the one that fell among on the footpath the second one among uh, among uh, the second one was on fallow ground on on it it didn't it didn't develop root the third one was among thorns and thistles and the bible says the thorns and thistles are the worries of everyday life and these worries come and they they have the power to kill your life they have the power to kill your walk with god and paul looks at these everyday fears and he says i'm no, i'm convinced that my fears for today cannot separate me from god's love and he says neither our worries about tomorrow we all have our worries for tomorrow 
And Paul says, I'm not going to allow my worries about tomorrow to come in the way of God's love for me. Whatever worries you have about your tomorrow, let me tell you, the love of God can take over those worries. The love of God can replace those worries. The love of God can, can give you comfort beyond your wildest imagination. And he goes on to say, not even the powers of hell. There are demons who are present here on the earth today. And there are powers of hell that are at war with believers. That are at war with children of God. That are at war with the, the, the church. And Jesus said it like this, I will build my church and the, and the gates of hell shall not. It doesn't say gates of hell will not fight against it. It says they will not, they will not prevail against it. They cannot have the last say. My Jehovah has the final say. This church has the final say. This church is not supposed to be defeated because we have access to God's love. And he says, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Come on now. Don't come and tell me that I saw this dream and I'm in an intense attack and I don't think I can make it. No, no, no. I, you better believe what Paul said. Nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. The next verse, it says, no power in the sky above. ESV translation says no heights, right? But NLT translation, it says, no power in the sky above. You know, no, no uh, aeroplanes flying over your head. You know, no comets coming in, for, you know, dropping onto this earth. I mean, they are predicting that the comet might fall on the earth anytime in 2020. <laughs> but even if it happens, no power in the sky above can separate us from God's love. It says, no, give me the next line, it says, or in the earth below nothing in the earth below if there is earthquakes if there is floods if there is whatever kind of stuff that happens on the earth here it cannot separate us from God's love and it says indeed nothing in all creation the question you should ask when something comes to fight you is this is this a creator or is this a created thing is this a, is this a creator who is fighting me or is it creation that is fighting me? If it is creation that is fighting you, take it easy. Go off to sleep. Last uh, week, one night, uh, you know, my wife, uh, you know, she was woken up because I saw a very crazy dream. And this, in this dream, I had this snake coming to try to bite me. And, and she's like, uh, you, uh, you, you kicked me very hard and you went back to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how we got to treat the enemy. Then you got to kick him off and go back to sleep. You cannot spend the rest of the night uh, tormented, tortured and sweating and worried. And You know, if it is a creation, if it is something created that is, that is trying to attack you, then you don't need to be worried. You can go back to sleep because your rest is in God's love. Your rest is not in the absence of your enemies because he has prepared a table for us in the presence of my enemies in the midst of my enemies in the center right in the center when I'm surrounded by enemies all around in the center of it all he has given me victory he has prepared a feast for me he has prepared a table for me nothing in all of creation will be able to separate me it says, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, I want to focus on this verse for a bit. It says, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, see, there are different people that are placed in our life that have the grace true that have the ability that have the God-given mandate to bring God's love to you your parents your your spouse your children all of these people can be examples of God's love for you right yes no maybe, maybe. you understand what I'm trying to say when if if you've had a a, a great father growing up you know that it is because God had ordained for you to have a, have a glimpse of 
who, how God loves you. If you have a great husband or a great wife, that is also an example of Christ's love for the church. And it's, a, it's an example. It's supposed to signify the fact that, hey, God loves you in this way. Amen? And so God's love is revealed to us through different people. It can be through uh, our parents, it can be through our relatives, it can even be our spiritual family like the church, your spiritual parents, your pastors, your leaders, your, your prayer partners, those that pray for you, stand with you in all difficult seasons of life, right? It says, it is true that all these people will love me, it is true that I can experience God's love through all these people, but I cannot rely on the love that is revealed through these people says there is a love that is revealed through Christ see there is a love that is revealed to me through my father through my wife through my children through my church through my spiritual father through my pastor all of those people and thank God for that and I would celebrate that receive that reciprocate that all of that but it is not, those love don't have the power to help me overcome heights and depths those love don't have the power to help me overcome my fight against death, my fight against demons. It is only the love that is revealed through Christ Jesus. It is only one love that is permanent. It is only one love that sustains itself through the thick and thin of life. It is only one love. It is only the love of God that is revealed through Jesus that has the grace to sustain you in hard seasons of life. We, on the other hand, what happens to us is that we look at these earthly people that are supposed to love us and we hear one negative thing from them and we think, oh, God doesn't love us. Oh, everything is going for a toss. Nothing good is going to come out of my life. Hey, that's not what the Bible says. It says there is a love that is revealed through Jesus. When he died for you on the cross, man, your name was on his heart. Your name was on his lips. Your name, he was thinking about you at that point on the cross. And that Jesus' love that is revealed to you and to me. Do you have a revelation of his love for you? Yes, no, maybe, maybe not. Do you have a revelation of how much he loves us? We sang that this morning. If you have a revelation of his love for you, then you can, you have the grace to walk in victory. Else you cannot walk in victory. If you don't have a revelation of how much God loves you, then you will live defeated. Let me be blunt. Let me say this on your face. If you don't know how much God loves you, then you will be defeated in every area of your life. Because nothing in life is permanent. Everything is temporary. It, it, it helps you for one season and the next season it betrays you. They will be there for one season and the next season, you know, their assignment will be something else. And that is why it is necessary for you to make your foundation on the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now let's meditate on a couple of verses. This was the foundational verse for us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. It says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. How does it say? He says we are more than conquerors through Him. It is not through our ability. I, Paul said it in another scripture, Philippians chapter 4. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? And here is he saying, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved us. His love, like I said, is the foundation for my victory. We, we read this scripture, but we did not focus on the part of who loved us, the person who loved us. This entire portion that we study in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39, it is all about love. It is founded on love. It is because of love that God is for you. It is because of love that he gave Jesus to you. It is because of love that he gave you his weapons to protect you. It is because of love that he has given you the strategy to keep the devil disarmed. It is because of love that he died for you on the cross. And it is because of love that he rose again from that death. It is because of that love that he is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. You remember the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he seated that for our benefit. 
How many of you remember that word? He's seated there for my... It's because of love that he is at the right hand of the Father. And it is because of love that he is interceding for you and for me. And it is because of love that he is sending us out into the world to, to be this sheep that will represent the good shepherd. It is because of love that he gives us this new identity as more than conquerors. And it is because of love, it is because of his love for us that we can experience this spirit of victory in our lives. The New Living Translation in fact says overwhelming victory. In Romans chapter 8 verse 37 it says, no, in spite of all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. That's what Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says. But in, in ESV, go back, go back. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. So the first aspect that we have to learn is that God loves us. Amen. Now, this love that God has given us has to naturally push us to love him back. If it doesn't cause us to want to love him back then we cannot walk in victory then things will not align up for us see what happens with most of us is we just we just read the first part of this verse in all these things we are more than conquerors right and then we forget the remaining part we don't meditate on his love for us we don't stand on his love for us and just confessing we are more than conquerors will do you no good but meditating on and confessing on the fact that we are more than conquerors while you are standing on his love for you will do you good. But while you are standing on his love for you, you have to begin to reciprocate that love by loving him back. The Bible says in 1 John, it says, we love because he loved us first. He loved us first and that love should automatically push us to love him back. Amen. And that's why Paul said this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. He says, now we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. But we stop there, right? When we quote it to anybody, what do we tell them? Hey, don't worry. God will make everything work out for good. But that is not what the Bible says. We are quoting incomplete scripture. The Bible says that promise is not for everybody. That promise is for those who, are, who know that they are loved by God. And they have decided to reciprocate their love for God by loving Him back. And he says that if you live a lifestyle where you love God back, then everything will work together for your good everything the height the depth the the creation the angels the demons the the life death everything that you are you're faced with all the circumstances your fears for today your worries about tomorrow all the powers of hell all of these things can work together to make sure that everything works for your good and that you are more than a conqueror amen so today's uh, sermon i have titled it as loved to love we are loved by God for what to just enjoy love no to, to love him back and to love others and to let our lives be a channel of his love see most Christians are selfish people can I say it like I feel it most Christians including me we are selfish people we want to be loved but we don't want to love back and, and that is the reason why our victory is incomplete. But this morning, we have to really be uh, recipients of God's love. If you are people that are standing on God's love, then automatically, John said it like this. He said, hey, if you say that you know God, but you don't love people, then you don't know God. How can you love a God that you cannot see and you say that you love, you don't, you hate the brother that you can see? It's not possible that you hate people in front of you and you love God. It's not possible. It's necessary that you learn to love everybody. Learn to love the people that God loves. That will be the foundation of our victory. Now, I know that none of you expected this to be the end, end point of this series. We expected this to be like a proper shakalaka boom boom message, you know, where, where we are seeing heavens open up and... 
But here God is saying no. The foundation for your victory is God's love. If you don't know how to love, if you don't know how to... See, the reason we don't know how to love is because we have not had a revelation of God's love for us. If, if you have a revelation of how much God loves you, how can you not love others? I have, I've heard people say, no, 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 that guy, no, I cannot get along with that guy. This girl, no, I can love everybody except this one girl. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, hey, even Pharisees and Sadducees and tax collectors can do that. They also love people that are nice to them. They also love people that are good to them. What's the difference between you and them? They, they, they don't have a revelation of God's love for them. You also don't have a revelation of God's love for you. You're just a nice Christian version of Pharisees. You're not, you've not had God's love. You've not encountered God's love if you're not able to love people the way God loves them. That's, that's the truth of the scripture. You cannot say that you love God and you hate the people around you. Amen. So let's talk about God's love for us for a moment. Okay. Let's go into the book of Romans. What I'm going to do today is I'm not going to go anywhere else, but remain in the book of Romans. You know, throughout the book of Romans, we see Paul talking again and again and again about God's love for us. Let's begin with Romans chapter 9 and verse 13. It says, in the words of the scriptures, it says, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. Here is a scripture. He is quoting from the book of Malachi. And he says, hey, God said this about Jacob and Esau. He says, God loved Jacob. God had special favor for Jacob. But God did not have the same favor for Esau. How many of you know that it was not because of anything that Jacob or Esau did? See, their lives panned out only much later, right? All of what they did. He says, but even in their mother's womb, God had made a decision to cause his love, cause his favor to fall upon Jacob. Right? Even before he had done anything to achieve God's love. See, what we think is, if only I can pray and if only I can read the Bible enough and if only I can attend the church, even during coronavirus, if only I can put offering and if only I can do all these things, man, God will love me so much. No, it says that he loved Jacob even before Jacob did anything good or bad. That was God's sovereign choice of his love for Jacob. The next verse, it says in verse 16, so it is God who decides to show mercy. It is His mercy that makes way for us to obtain love. It is God who decides to show mercy and it says, we can neither choose it nor work for it. Can you choose to be loved by God? Can you work for the love of God? No. You can neither choose to be loved by God God chose you. See, if, if God did not choose you, you will not be here in the first place. None of you in your great wisdom and love for God decided to become Christians. You decided to follow Jesus. No, God chose you. God had his eye on you. Even before the foundations of the earth were laid, his eye was upon you and he chose you. There are several people out there in the world that have not had the opportunity or the blessing of being chosen by God. But you and I, we are objects of His chosen favor. And the Bible says that we can neither choose it nor can we work for it. Now we don't, we don't have the, some people are stupid enough to say that I chose God. But we will not make that mistake. But we make the mistake of trying to work for God's love. We don't work for God's love. We work because of God's love. We work because God has loved us so much. It is impossible that I don't love him back. It is impossible that I don't give back to him. It is impossible that I don't live a life of serving him back. It is impossible for me to live a life like that. Amen. The next verse, it says in verse 28 of Romans chapter 11. Read it with me. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news. And this benefits you Gentiles. Yet, they are still the people that he 
loves why because he chose their ancestors Abraham Isaac and Jacob he's saying these guys they are enemies of the gospel but still they are objects of God's love why because God chose their ancestors God had favor on Abraham Isaac and Jacob there was somebody who begot them there was somebody who was their father there was there was a lineage a physical lineage that they were born into because of that God's they are object of God's love telling you church today we are not loved because we are we have good things to be loved about us we are loved because we are born of Jesus when God looks at us like when God looks at Israel God doesn't see Israel God sees Abraham Isaac and Jacob today when God looks at the church today when God looks at you and me even when we are his enemies even when we are completely off track God doesn't see us God sees the love of Jesus the purity of Jesus the righteousness of Jesus the 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 fact that Jesus is the lamb of God that Jesus is the beloved of heaven and that is why no matter how much we go off track we cannot separate ourselves from God's love for us isn't that crazy the bible says in the, the now we are talking about gentiles that is talking about israelites it says concerning the gentiles romans chapter 9 and verse 25 it says concerning the gentiles god says in the prophecy of hosea those who were not my people i will now call my people and i will love those whom i did not love before here is god speaking about us and he says hey i'm now i have made up my mind i'm going to love them i'm going to call them my people and it says in romans chapter 5 verse 8 but god showed his love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were still sinners not when we had repented not when we became good people but when we were still sinners when we were still enemies of god god sent us jesus to die for us that was the proof of his love for us that was the proof of his uh, uh, choice of us that is the proof of his work towards us amen the next verse it says now he's writing to the church at rome and he says i'm writing to all of you in rome who are loved by god now that you know that jesus loved you now that you know that god loves you hey now i'm writing to all those who are loved by god who are loved by god in this church each and every one of you if you're listening to me this morning wherever you may be i want you to type it out in the comments that i am a i'm loved by god i am an object of god's love that there is nothing that can stop god from loving me even my own life even my own personality cannot stop god from loving me isn't that crazy isn't that crazy love the bible says in romans chapter 1 verse 7 i'm writing to all of you who are loved by god and are called to be his own holy people so because we are loved by god we are also called by god okay we are called by god to do what to, to be his holy people now this is where we struggle we want to be loved by god but we don't want to be called into purity we don't want to be called into being set apart we don't want we don't, we, we just want to be as we are uh, you know take it easy you know just be the same but the bible says no the object the purpose the reason why god loves you is so that he can call you out to be his own holy people and then paul goes on to explain this further in romans chapter 7 verse 23 he says hey guess what i i love god's law with all my heart with all my heart from from the bottom of my heart i love his law right so when we that's what we try to do right when we want to show that we love god we try to keep his word right that's the best way to love god jesus said if you love me obey my commandments and and paul says hey i love god's love with all my heart but in my mind there is a block 
he said this in the next verse verse 24 he says but there is another power within me that is at war with what with my mind this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me he's saying there is this constant war between what is in my heart and with what is in my mind in my heart i love god's love i i love god's law with all my heart but in my mind there are other things that are trying to wage war with what is happening in my heart so i i have this constant battle constant challenge between things that is happening in my heart and things that is happening in my head and that is why Paul says we now need Jesus that is why we need the presence of the holy spirit we need him to fill us with his love see my love for god's law not enough my love for god's presence not enough we need him to fill us with his love that eternal love see there are different types of love that we can experience there is a love called filial love there is a friendly love there is a love called erotic love which is the love between uh, two lovers there is a love between uh, I, i don't know the third term uh, which is the love between parents and children i don't know that that particular term and there is a fourth love which is agape love right we can have a filial love towards god like a affectionate friendly love for god but the problem with affectionate friendly love towards god is that the day that we are faced with a bus on our way we'll push our friend in front of the bus and we'll try to get out am i right come on but if it is agape love if it is deep personal unconditional love then we will want to give our life down for the sake of this friend that we love so much and the bible says that is the kind of love that god is pouring into us the next verse it says in romans chapter 5 and verse 5 read it with me and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly god loves us next line it says because god dearly loves us he has given us the holy spirit to fill our hearts with not the filial love now the filial love is not enough to love him back now he had to give us the holy spirit to fill our hearts with his love now if you come and tell me that i am not able to love that brother if you come and tell me that i am not able to love god it's either because you have no holy spirit in you or because you don't understand or you because you're not tapping into what the holy spirit is giving you the holy spirit can give you love but unless you utilize it it will go waste right so if you come and tell me i'm not able to love god i'm not able to spend time in his presence I, i'm not hungry for his presence is either because you're way out of bounds there's no you you've 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 not received the gift of the holy spirit or you're not filled in the presence of the holy spirit or you're filled in the presence of the holy spirit and you're not allowing that holy spirit to fill your heart with his love this morning i'm here to tell you that because we are loved by god he has given us the holy spirit we cannot love him back with our own ability and he has filled our hearts with his love so that with this love we can love him back because when we love him the bible says all things will work together for the good of those who love him and and we are more than conquerors through him who loved us yes now this love ought to manifest in our love for other people it's not enough that we love god alone it has to manifest in us loving other people like like i told you at the beginning Today we are going to study through the book of Romans all the times when Paul is talking about God's love his love okay not filial love but his agape love for us the next verse it says in chapter 12 and verse 9 of the book of Romans it says don't just pretend to love others look at your neighbor all those of you who are watching me online if you have a neighbor find a neighbor if you don't have a neighbor put it out there in the comments don't pretend to love christians no we are good pretenders no 
we are we are we are we are we are masters at hypocrisy man i sometimes unbelievers are better in this matter if they don't love you they don't love you they'll just you know say that hey, get out of my face but christians no praise the lord brother you are so good brother what hat man that hat goes well with your shoe color this is this is this is the perfect hat on you and then they will go to you know somebody else and says sijo you have no idea look at what he is wearing he looks like a clown it's <laughs> your your hat man that is you sh- he should have also done a black hat or he should have also done the same and i mean paul says guys who are you trying to fool is this god's love are you are you exemplifying god's love are you showing off god's love he says don't just pretend to love others but really really guys come on really love them really love them go crazy really let your love for others be real let your love for them be personal let your love for them be pragmatic let your love for them be seen let it be visual let it be things that they can touch and feel and know that you love them really love them lay down your life to love them it says hey in your love for them i'm not saying you have to accept what is wrong you have to hate what is wrong not the person who is doing wrong but hate the object of what is wrong hate what is wrong but hold it tightly to what is good do you know that everybody has something that is good inside of them so when i meet joey instead of instead of if i don't like his hat i don't have to go crazy about his hat i don't have to give false appreciation about his hat but there are several things that are good about him i can hold tightly to what is good i don't ha- i will hate what is wrong let's say that he has a bad uh, habit or whatever i will hate that bad habit but i will hold fast to what is good in him that is what jesus taught us to do that is agape love that is what god does with us he doesn't love everything bad about us but he holds because there is one good thing about us he he holds fast to that one good thing you know in our relationship with god the best thing about us is that we have jesus in us and and god the father holds that one thing that is like the hook that he keeps holding on to us and he says hey you you look like my son so i will love you you are made in the image of god so i will love you i know that there is all this evil bad things about you but i will hold fast to that one thing that is good amen verse 10 it says love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other it doesn't say make it like make it look like a grudge that oh no i have to be nice to this guy you know pastor will you know give me an adi if i don't if i'm not nice to this person no it says take delight in honoring each other you see it's uh, if it was easy paul would not give it as a commandment because it is hard he is enforcing it and he is saying hey take delighting in honoring each other we all love to honor the man of god or the pastor or the the anointed people the per- the the worship leaders and the people that deserve honor we all honor them right nobody dishonors those guys at least the good people they don't dishonor those guys right but our problem is when we see the slightest wrong in people we begin to dishonor them the slightest mistakes in them we begin to dishonor them instead paul says no hate what is wrong but hold tightly to what is good and love each other with genuine with genuine holy spirit filled affection and take delight in honoring each other he's not saying all of you guys out there in the church you all honor the past no this honor each other honor each other how much honor is there in your conversations with each other how much honor is there do you take delight in honoring each other if you are filled with god's love if you are standing on god's love if you have a revelation of how much god loves you then you will be a man a woman a brother a sister who would want to take delight in honoring each other It goes on to say in chapter 13 and verse 8 of nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another do you know what it means it means that when when some when you see somebody you know if 
if you see somebody that you owe a lot of money to how will you want to please that guy and say you know what sijo you're the you're the best person man because you know i i will do anything for sijo because i owe him money you know so if he even if it's not comfortable for me i will still go and do it why because you know he has done a big favor by giving me money and i owe him money right and the bible says hey this is how you got to treat your love relationships like you have an obligation to love this person because god has loved you so much that if you don't love one another it is almost like cheating and jesus said this gave this example of this rich master who forgave this guy of a huge debt right and this guy goes out and he was not able to forgive a guy who had a small amount that he had to pay to this guy and and the master said hey i forgave such a huge amount could you not have given away could you not have not punished this guy for that tiny amount if you will see the way that god has loved you if you will begin to treat each and every person around you in the same manner and say wait wait i have to love this person the way god has loved me then there will be this deep obligation in your heart you know some person somebody said to me the other day saying hey when i talk like this when i behave like this it feels like i'm artificial that i'm not myself i said that's good god doesn't want you to be you god doesn't want you to be the you know we are by by nature we are what our environment made you if our environment created us to be dishonorable in our conversations we will be dishonorable and we will think that that is normal and everything else is artificial but the bible says no 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 you have to live in such a way that you 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 will you will make this as your natural lifestyle that this will be normal for you and everything else will be artificial everything else will be out of bounds you know if you've not had an encounter with god's love i can i can uh, ignore all your faults but if you have an encounter with god's love if you know how much god loves you then you're not excused see if you don't know god you can behave anything say anything do whatever don't care you know we will still love you but if you know god but if you know how much god loves you man you have an obligation now to love others you have an obligation now to take delight in honoring others you have an obligation now to speak in such a way that there is genuine affection in the way that you speak in the way that you have your relationships amen the next line it says in verse nine it says if you love your neighbor you will in fact fulfill the requirement of god's love do you remember paul began by saying i love god's love with all my heart but in my head everything is fighting and there is a there is a power that is waging war with what is going on in my heart but now he goes on to say now that the holy spirit has filled my heart with his love now that i am able to take delight in honoring each other now that i am able to love each other with genuine affection now i am able to fulfill the requirements of god's love law by what by just loving my neighbor if i can just love my neighbor then i can then i have fulfilled the requirements of god's law isn't that beautiful the next verse it says for the commandments say you must not commit adultery read it with me you must not murder you must not steal you must not co- covet these and other such commandments are summed up in just one commandment love your neighbor as yourself if you just do this you love god's law if you just do this if we can learn to love the people around us with god's law love with the love that he has filled our hearts with man we will be obedient to god's law we have fulfilled all of god's law by just loving one another with genuine affection and that's where she says in verse 10 love it does no wrong to others so fulfill so love fulfills god's the, the requirements of god's law love it does not do any wrong to others this love it fulfills the requirements of god's law now when somebody you see that somebody has a weakness for something and that is probably something that you like to do hey avoid that one thing you know if it is paul said this in romans chapter 14 
Give me that verse. He says, if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating then ruin someone for whom Christ died. He says, hey, love does not do wrong to others. Now, eating this thing may not be wrong. It may not be a problem of sin. But if you're eating something is going to cause distress to somebody else, he's saying, sacrifice that. What is more important? Your good food or your love for that person? What is if Paul says you have to live in such a way that you you are you're laying yourself down to to have an obligation for others you have an obligation to love others you have an obligation to honor others so if it means that I, I cannot talk like this I cannot be like this because of my love for that person then give this up give this up even if it means that you feel artificial by doing this do whatever it takes to give this up so that you can act in love because love does not do wrong to others love does not do wrong to others Acts chapter, uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse 30 says dear brothers and sisters I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit do you have the love that the Holy Spirit has given you then you need to now it's not just about not not harming somebody else it is now about joining them in their struggle Paul is writing to the church at Rome and saying hey why don't you become partners with me join in my struggle pray for me be part of what I am doing let's join hands because of the love that the Holy Spirit has given you not because of your love for me not because I love you. He doesn't say, see how much I have done for you. See how well I have preached to you. See how many people I have healed. So you have to love me back. No, no, no. That's not the basis. He says, see how much the Holy Spirit has put his love inside you. And because of that, will you join me in my struggle? Will you join me in my pain? And let us, let us become one family of love. Let's come back to the foundational verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. Let's read it out loud. One, two, three, go. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So this morning, if you are convinced that God loves you, if you are convinced that you have a revelation of the love of God through Jesus, if you are convinced that that death, life, angels, demons, fears, worries, uh, gates of hell, powers of hell, nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, then you have to learn to love Him back. How do you love Him back? You love Him back by beginning to love the, the, the Word of God, by beginning to love the voice of God. And what is the Word of God? Paul says, hey, if you love your neighbors, you have in fact fulfilled God's word. You have fulfilled God's law. So if you will just love one another, if you will just love each other with genuine affection, if you will not let your, your weaknesses, if you will not let you, you know these things to come in way of your relationships, man, you and I, we can walk in victory. If the enemy wants to stop your victory, all that he needs to make you do is hate your brother, is to hate your sister, is to, is to bring a gap in your love for one another. And he can, he can steal our victory. But I'm here to say that our story is going to be different. I'm here to say that our church is going to be different. Our church will be a church that loves God. Our church will be a church that sacrificially loves one another. Our church will be a church that will, 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 will love to the extent of being willing to struggle in my desire to love somebody before me. Amen? That's the word I have for you this morning. I know that this doesn't sound like, you know, wow, victory more than conquerors. But that's what Paul is saying. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Now all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His promises. We did not choose it. We did not work for it. He chose us. He worked for it. He paid the price. He sent Jesus to die for us on the cross. And now you and I, 
we all we need to do is let the holy spirit fill our hearts thank you for tuning in we believe that you are blessed by the word we would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a saturday night service at 7 pm or a sunday morning service at 11 am for more information please visit our website streamingrevival.com